0: Hey everybody! It's Blake, and this is Drew, and you're uh, listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke and Controllers podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16. We're finally getting another one recorded after a little bit of a delay, but uh, we're not going to worry about all that mess. But we did, before we get into the games and stuff like that, we want to talk about just a few small things. We do have a Facebook and an Instagram page, and we tend to have more episode listens or downloads or however Anchor tracks that stuff. We have more of that than we do people who follow those two pages. I mentioned it in the show notes Which is also something else that I don't think anybody ever reads. But I have a lot of fun making show notes because I'm a terrible, terrible dork. And I always write all the show notes and stuff like that. And there's good material (laughs) written throughout that. I've come to find out, I don't know, two or three episodes ago, that Blake never reads the show notes either. So nobody's got to feel bad about that.
0: (laughs) I just, I don't.
1: Yeah. But uh, in the show notes is where I did a couple of uh, Facebook posts out when we did a a game giveaway a while back when we did... um,
0: Battle Chasers. Battle
1: Chasers Night War we had a physical copy of the game that when me and Blake can fully complete a game like that we both one k that game we're never going to play it again and a physical copy we would figure we'd give it away. Now I had only mentioned that in the show notes and I think in one to two Facebook posts and we only had one person really go for it which is fine. He got the game. We did additional posts and stuff when he got the game in the mail and we signed it for him and silly stuff like that. So if anybody's interested in anything like that we will give away more games i wouldn't don't just listen to the podcast for giveaways because we're not gonna have a whole lot of that i've been switching a lot of my gaming to digital just how it is we do have quite a few physical games and stuff like that that we have coming up i got a few lined up that we've one or two that blake's played that i'll be playing soon and after we play that there's a game he already got all the achievements on it's an rpg i don't want to spoil it right now i'm going to play it pretty soon and when we do that we'll probably give that game away to whoever Participates, anything like that. What we did last time was, and I made it easy, well, not easy, I made it a little harder. People couldn't Google the answers. I made the questions, I asked three questions based off stuff that you had to, that you would have heard in the podcast, and then you just email in the answers. If you listen to the podcast, you would have known or heard what we had said about the game. So it's not usually, I'm going to try to keep it away from stuff you can just Google in any kind of future games that we physical physical copies of games we have to give away. So the Facebook page is like what anybody else does with it. That's just where I post when we recorded and when we posted and sometimes throughout random things, sometimes hints to games that are coming up like silly pictures of Blake wearing VR headsets that pictures he... Yeah, pictures he don't know I'm taking and stuff like that. What else I put on there? Uh, some TA things. I did a, a True Achievements. If you're not familiar with it, uh, does a really cool year wrap up and tells you all the craziness you've done throughout the year on your Xbox. I posted both of those for mine and then uh, Blake's too. So that's some pretty cool information. I was happy to share. It was it was neat. I like. I don't know how they manage those databases. To get all that cool information for you. They just did a, um, I don't think I posted that, or they did a your decade on Xbox. Did you get your email for that? I think I was did, it, but I don't know where it's at. I don't know if I forwarded it to you. Or was that what I posted? I don't think I posted the decade. I think I posted the year, but they did a whole tracking of, like, if you've been on, even if you haven't been on TA for 10 years, which is pretty crazy if, if TA's been around that long, which I assume they have, uh, it tracks everything. It was a huge, po- a huge data dump of everything you've done in the past decade, like your hardest achievement and what do they call them? Milestones? Or- Milestones, when they, uh... God, what do they call it when you have a bunch of achievements throughout a... A streak? A streak, yeah, your longest streak and stuff like that. Like how many days in a row you you get an achievement each day. People would do that to keep these insane streaks alive. Mine was not that good, I don't think. Like 33 days or something like that one time.
0: You're getting one achievement a day. At
1: least, one, at least one achievement a day. So that was kind of cool and stuff like that. So that's what kind of what I do uh, with the Facebook just for fun to keep people up to date on what's going on. I've been a little lazy with it because we haven't had a lot of time for the podcast and stuff. But I'm going to try to be a little better about it. And also, I didn't know if people would be interested. We've had a couple of friends and stuff tell us our other listeners had mentioned that they have actually bought and were playing some of the games from the episodes. Yeah. And if anybody's interested, when I do the post for the release of this episode, if people want to comment and interested, we can make a group on Facebook for the podcast where people can just discuss if they, you know, among friends and stuff like that, if they've actually been playing the games we've been recommending. We like to hear that. We've always kind of wanted people to tell us if they'd uh, played these strange games that we throw in y'all's faces and see what they thought of them. Because we play, there's good games. There's not always great games in there, obviously. Sometimes the podcast is... uh, Are talking about some of these games is sometimes more fun than it actually was to play some of these games. But there is some gems in there, you know, there's always uh, crazy stuff nobody's heard of when you play games like this. And the second thing, along with that, when the group is our part, well, not even. We'll include both uh, TVs, movies, and stuff like that. The same thing applies if you listen, if you watch any of the shows or, or the music, any of the movies. I'm getting to the music. If you listen to any of the music? I know we live in a, a world where pop and crap like that reigns supreme, but I can't get into that garbage. And maybe a lot of our listeners don't even listen to the same music we do, and that's fine, whatever. But uh, we hope it would uh, be a place where you could all share if you listen to the music we listen to, or even if uh, you have other band recommendations. I'm always up for a new band. I'm extremely picky, but uh, you can always throw it at me. I'll, I'll listen to it at least once. What else? Oh, and then we'll I'll pass over to Blake for what he, he's a little slacking on it too, but what he
0: does with the Instagram page. For the Instagram page, I usually post, for each individual game, I try to gather either stuff, uh, pictures I've taken off my phone, or just real cool art. artwork that I've seen online. I haven't done a lot of fan art, because I don't want to confuse people on the art style of the game. I think that'd oh, be yeah, too confusing. So there, there is some awesome fan art there that I've wanted to post, but just couldn't. And then that involves, like, having to track down who cr- originally created it. And I don't want to give false credit to somebody who doesn't deserve it or give, or yeah. just not give credit by yeah. accident. That would get real confusing. Yeah. So official official art, usually. Mm-hmm. So I use, like, official art or, like, a screen, like, or just me taking a picture on my phone. And mm-hmm. you can tell if some of those are kind of bad. Or cockeyed. And so I do that. I also make posts for... Uh, Every movie that we've done, I take movie posters or screenshots from the film. and I usually try to include the tagline and all the posters because <laughs> I love tag silly taglines. And one of the more harder ones recently because we did uh, Voltron last episode or two episodes ago.
1: Last episode
0: was it? Last episode? Okay, yeah, last episode. And that was real hard <laughs> trying to trying to narrow it down because
1: there's two Voltron shows,
0: like the original no, 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 and the Just because there's a big roster of characters and a lot. Like I type in the character's name, and it was like ninety percent fan art. Oh, yeah. Of all this uncomfortable had, stuff. Character, that <laughs> Characters banging. <laughs> yeah. And
2: yeah.
0: I'm like, I don't don't want to see that. I'm, trying, I'm just trying to find character artwork. I had to be like real I don't want to see that.
1: I don't want to see that. And this one I'll save for later. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I just had to. Oh, that was just hard. So I knew to make it a bunch of posts for that individually. And it's hard. You have, it's difficult. Especially when I'm, I forget to take a picture of something that I thought was a really cool moment. Yeah. And trying to, like, Google that. I, I love, and we, and we talked about it a bit, too, is
1: we forget often. Very often. That, you know, Xbox and PlayStation can both record. Whatever those clips are, you can play something, do something cool and record it. And well, I'm almost positive you can pull that stuff. You can log into the Xbox and PlayStation apps on your phone, and you could save those videos. We could sometimes post... Stuff of us actually, stuff we actually did, if we were ever remember, or however you, many episodes we were in, if we ever remember to record anything like that and post that to either one of the pages, but we never, we never remember to do that, at least not yet.
0: Because you can do videos and screenshots. Yeah. And I just. We did
1: that gift one time, but, but that, but that wasn't you. You did that gift one I, time I for Battle Game Chasers. Tom, yeah. But that actually wasn't him playing, but uh, we'd like to. We're trying there's to get cool would Yeah. Cool things we'd like to do. And uh, forgetfulness is our biggest enemy. Oh, Yeah you just getting rough. What else about Instagram? Uh, arts. Uh, you do TV show
0: movies, and then you've been doing bands, too. I do take pictures of the bands. I should probably include... I've been thinking about maybe including like a list track. But track there's listening. so many... Yeah, track Some of those bands there, have so many, that's, like so that's many not, albums, yeah, yeah. But it'd be difficult to do. Yeah.
1: So both of those are, are pretty fun. Uh, We'd we like people to get into it if they want to. We're not going to beg for that crap. We don't really care about likes and all that invisible nonsense we just want to see if people are interested in talking about these things and well obviously both of those are easy to find we already got a bunch of people that are already on the more on the facebook i think than the instagram but if vice versa or both whichever one you think you're more interested in just come on there and let us know if you're interested in the uh, facebook group thing because we're in a bunch of facebook groups anyway because we're in rpg groups and other Mm, stuff like that where people always talk about video games all the time and Steelbook groups and all and still, that. F- yeah. Yeah, we never got into the Steelbooks on here because it's a, it's a very visual
2: mm. medium.
1: Anyway, those are both easy to find. You just search the, the name of the podcast, I assume, <laughs> and they will, will pop up on the uh, Facebook and the Instagram stuff. And I spent more time talking about that than I intended to, so you're ready to move into the games? Our first into game. the, games? the first game we're going to do, and I'll let Blake lead a bit on this one. I mean, I've got stuff to say, too we played the first Shinmu game. Uh, we had the Shinmu 1, 1 and 2 HD collection come from Gamefly. Now this isn't a Gamefly episode, but we did get this game from Gamefly. It's going to be a bit weird because, this we'll say up front, that we didn't...
0: We didn't beat it. We
1: didn't beat it, though we very much intended to, but the game had other plans for us. This was a game like, you know, a lot of Gamefly games we turn on and we'll play for like 30 minutes or an hour and we're like, this is not happening. But this was a game, Gamefly game we had every intention of probably beating and then maybe playing Shinmu 2, but for various reasons we'll get into, that did not happen. We'll the Blakely delay with
0: Shinmu 1. Right. First and foremost, the developer for Shinmu 1 yeah, forget that crap. is a uh, company called Sega AM2. Which is a—it's uh, a essentially it was a subsidiary. It was a department created by a man named Yu Suzuki, who works for Sega. Yeah, I think
1: he's—he's he's the the whole name and the whole everything. I think when people talk about Shimu, it's mostly
0: related directly to him. So he got his own group. He was allowed to have his own group within Sega. And that was the Sega AM2 Because he still wanted to be a part of Sega But he wanted to have a more focused group <laughs> On things that he was interested in Yes And uh, Sega AM2 develops Shenmue 1 and Shinmu 2 He has then gone off to make his own company Now called YeezNet Is that what they, I mean, they kick started for Shenmue 3? And they they did Shinmu 3 So he's directly connected to all three of them So that's They're, they're, they're his games yeah. Yes, that's very good As for the uh, story Well oh, it originally was on the Dreamcast yes. and uh, I think it was 1999 for Shinmu 1 and then 2001 for Shinmu 2. I didn't know the Dreamcast was alive that long. It, yeah, it was, it had a rough rough ride. So, historically, this game follows a revenge epic that is traditionally that of Chinese cinema, okay? That's why it's kind of it plays out Differently than you and I were used to, because I don't watch a lot of... I mean, I'll watch Chinese action flicks. Yeah. Like crazy wire work, sword fights, not and stuff Chinese, like... But not like Chinese dramas. No. I haven't watched any of those. But that's kind of how it portrays... This is Chinese? This is based on Chinese stuff, not Japanese? It's all Chinese. Because well, he's trying to go to Japan. And part of the story, he's trying to get a, to go he's to Japan. He's going to Hong Kong. In China. And then he's trying to go somewhere else. Is he in Japan and going to Hong Kong? No, he's in China. Or he's in... um Sh- should I pay attention? Saguya? Yeah, they're based on a real place? Yeah, I think everything in there is real. I yeah, mean, everything. Everything based on the real places, yeah. Or is real places. So, the game opens up with our main character, Ryo Hazuki, pouring down rain, comes home, and there's strange men at his father's dojo slash house. And he slams open the dojo door to see his father in a fairly epic battle for the time. Gotta remember, this game was in 1999. So as he comes, opens the door, There's this strange man he's never seen before, battling his father, asking where this mirror is, and he keeps asking for it and asking for it. And as the dad keeps saying, "I don't know what you're talking about," "I don't know what you're talking about," and repeatedly being whooped. And finally, he gets him in this crazy strangle arm hold, and he's about to like break his arm. And Rio breaks through, and as he goes for his father, his father, the dude turns around and is about to like hurt Rio. So his father gives in and tells him where this particular artifact he actually has hidden underneath a uh, blossoming cherry blossom tree in the yard, you know. Yeah. It'll be all cinematic so it's all rainy and pink and beautiful outside. So as soon as he gets the information, this character who we find out in that scene, a man named Lon D, says thank you and then punches Rio's father's heart <laughs> in the heart and kills him. Death punch. And so... And then he just roundhouse kicks Rio in the face and puts him to sleep. And then they go find this artifact and leave. Yeah. So your
2: whole
0: point of the story is you're trying to avenge your father. You're trying to just find that guy. He's, really, as much as I played, I don't know, you played a l- little bit further than me. But you're just trying to find this dude. Find that dude and figure out what was so important about that mirror that you've never heard of your entire, I think, 18... I think he's
1: 16, 16, 17?
0: Rio? Rio? He's, yeah. Rio. Rio? Rio. We'll say 18, because he, he's, well, he's 16. It's, it's, he might be 16. I don't. They said
1: he's in school. Not that you're not in school at 18, but like he's, a, he's a
0: high schooler. Yeah. You so never go to school in this game. Late teenager. Yeah. Who gets a job forklifting later yeah. in the game. <laughs> we'll get to that, too. And so you spend the whole story figuring out this, and as it goes through, it starts to unravel, and you're uncovering different, uh, not gang, but organizations who have been after these mirrors for a long time. It turns out your father was a bad mamma jamma back in the day and went against both of these groups. One of them I actually did not write the name down for because I'm horrible. That's fine. We don't know too
1: much because there's not, to be honest, there's not a whole whole lot of story in this, for, in this game.
0: Yeah. But uh, the only thing I can remember about the, the, this other group is it has, uh, it's ran by a man named Master Chin. So we just call it Master Chin's group because I can't remember. <laughs> the name of the point? I really can't because I don't think they're a group I think they're just a select powerful individuals but they don't call themselves a name but the other two have actual names I don't remember and so as you're unraveling this mystery you find out through your mother telling is that your mom walking
1: around the house that he calls her by her name yeah
0: he calls her Ine Ine Ine-san is Ine her name or is Ine like a Ine Ine, Ine is her name but this is as far as I can tell it's his mother because everyone calls him his mom
1: yeah you're, she's he's really old, though. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Maybe she's your grandma. I don't. I, it's, don't it's never, it's never it's heard. Never of really. But he calls her like it's confusing because the guy we were following, the TA guy, called her your mother. Yeah. So I, I really know. old, though. And she reluctantly tells you a few things that leads you to finding a couple other things out. But we the three groups we have: Master Chen's group. And you have another group called the Mad Angels. They're just a, Bikers. Yeah, just a crazy biker gang who, I think it's revealed they actually work for the this other main group called the uh, Chiyu Men. And that's where Lon D is actually a high-ranking, not the leader, but a high-ranking officer in the Chiyu Men. And they're doing something with these right. dragon phoenix mirrors.
1: Whatever they're doing, we'll, we'll probably never know.
0: No. The reason we're never going to find out because... We haven't skipped to the end yet. Okay.
1: Uh, You'll talk, talk about the the general
0: feel, gameplay, and the,
1: how the game runs and stuff like that. The first thing you notice right away, we'll go ahead and get that out of the way. A, a lot of y'all, I mean, everybody's heard of Shimu. and I've been uh, wanting to play it, wanting to play it for a while because it's one of those games that's know, famous is the right for it's just it's just. Famous for all the all the weirdness and oddities the game has, like possibly inventing QTEs and stuff like that. You know, Quick time that's Quick Time Events, if you don't know what that means, where buttons flash on the screen and you press the buttons are pretty famous in the, the God of War games early on. The new God of War didn't do it so much. Mm-hmm. But the old God of War games, I'm trying to think of other games that do it, but uh, QTEs, the game's known for that. The game is also known for that, uh, it might have been Shimu, I don't know if it was one or two, super famous for that stupid sailor thing. Have you seen some sailors? Where are the sailors? But I didn't...
0: When I played, I didn't... Well, because we, we followed a guide. so you know, He wasn't had... asking that question constantly. Because you, you, early on, you do have to find those sailors in that bar at, at nighttime okay, and so, beat the crap out of
1: them. So everybody talks about the sailors. Everybody talks about the, that. And then you kind of get used to it, but this game has really, really horribly recorded voice acting. I'm not sure... The, if voice, it... act, the voice actors themselves aren't bad. The audio quality of the voice acting is really off-putting.
0: I don't think it's bad. I think it's compressed.
1: To fit on the disc back then?
0: Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Because sure. I, mean, I think the whole game is yeah, voiced. Everything's voiced, yeah. So I think they compressed it so they yeah. could fit it more. Sounds, and it's it sounds rough, but echoey. nobody's really that bad. to be. You think me, I, mean, I don't remember anybody being particularly bad. But it does sound like everyone's talking in an echoey hallway, <laughs> except for Rio. Yeah. Everyone else sounds kind of echoey. Yeah. So
1: known for that, and then we'll get we'll get to here in a minute is the uh, the famous thing with the forklifting, which I honestly didn't mind all that much when I when I got to it. I got through all the
0: forklifting stuff. Uh, being part of my job that requires forklift, me to drive a forklift I realized that in uh, the game of taxi takes place in 1986 in China they were breaking all sorts of OSHA rules <laughs> <laughs> without
1: without googling OSHA we're not sure if they were around in the 80s or of course OSHA is probably an American company anyway Maybe. so if they had any kind of safety committee or company in China in the
0: 80s it was not up to what we were, we've we been taught these days for forklifts there's no horn honking around corners they're driving with these heavy loads. Way above the <laughs> chassis of the thing, so they could see, which is what you're not supposed to do because yeah, it'll exact, fly off.
1: Yeah, it's the exact opposite of it, every, everything we were
0: taught. And and forklift races. Yeah, about to say and like for the it's it's a long period near the end. You know, I think it's literally like five days. You have to legitimately work an eight hour shift. Yeah, it goes by pretty quick. You know, you just kind of zone out and you do it yeah. and you make money.
1: And let's let's circle back around because it's pretty late in the game. We can talk about the let's talk about more of the beginning and running around town. I feel like and what
0: you kind of do. As you, the game is broken into at least four. I don't, I don't call them hub areas, but four areas.
1: There's the house area where your, where your house is. You come down to that little place where the where the little girl and the kitten hang out. Mm-hmm. And then down into where the you go to the the main area. And there's the kitten place. I don't know the names of these places. The place you meet the kitten that you feed, and there's achievements tied to that cat, and the little girl talking to the cat. And then you go down to the, where there are some people hanging That's where the, at,
0: that's where the park was, the park.
1: The and park. And, and the, then then you go past that into the main city, which I don't even know if you even wrote down the name of the, that main city. I feel really bad. I'm... That's, where you, that's where literally most of your time is spent running back and forth across that city, talking to people. Really what most of the game is, is running all over the place, just talking to this person who leads you to this person, who leads you to that person, and occasionally
0: roughing up some... Hooligans. Hooligans, yeah. And So, I mean, that, those, those two were definitely hooligans those two guys in like the school uniforms you just roundhouse kick them right around yeah,
1: the I think they forget sometimes that uh I think they reuse the character models so mm-hmm. like you rough up some guys and they're like we're sorry we'll never do it again and, like an hour later there's these guys maybe it's the same characters thinking they can get away with it and Ryu comes in and Ryo comes in again Yeah, and you just need to beat the crap out of them again they're like sorry we'll never do
0: this again and you keep running to the same kind of the same
1: dude over and over again dude
0: a few times yeah the We talk about the QTs. Yeah. This game does have a pretty decent day and night cycle because certain shops open, certain shops close. You have access. Yeah. Everything's running on a uh, a real time. Not not. We're not like minute per minute. Like we're not
1: waiting 60 seconds a minute and stuff like that. It's a you know like any game with a with a day and night cycle. There's a a sped up clock, but there is a people are in certain places at certain times and all that kind of stuff.
0: And speaking of uh, whooping up on people, it has a. It has a combat system that's not exactly designed for combat. It's strange.
1: I don't know how they decided between scenes of using QTE. Sometimes sometimes you'll QTE a fight. And then sometimes you'll actually fight a fight. And I wonder, I kind of wish they had picked one or the other. Because this game is is kind of running around and talking and stuff like that. It's not really that much of a fighting game. Even though that Now, Sega, you know, Sega did like Virtual Fighter and stuff like that way back when. So they wanted to, I assume they wanted some kind of
0: fighting in the game. I was going to bring that up. They created Virtual Fighter. That particular team or Sega? Sega AM2 created Virtual Fighter. Okay, I didn't know that. So, yeah, they so created Virtual Fighter and uh, two other games that we've actually played in Shinmu and oddly enough in uh, y- Yakuza. Are they Outrun yeah. and Space Harrier? Honestly, Space- God I hate Space Harrier. Both of those games they I created. hate Space Harrier so much. <laughs>
1: oh man, I hate Space. That's funny that <laughs> they were the creators of that. Of course, you there is an arcade, of course, in the town that we don't know the name of because we're stupid. An arcade where you can play both I, I know you can play Space Harrier. Cause I played it again in this stupid game. I got wore out on Space Harrier and Outrun. Cause we've played, we haven't talked about me. I don't know when, when we will, but we've played. Well, we we have played Yakuza Zero, and I've played Yakuza Kowami. Those are both Sega games, of course. Which I think, who knows? They won't ever say. But I feel like yeah. Shimu is, or Yakuza is kind of what Shimu almost wants to be. They're very different, but kind of similar. Yeah. I even wonder sometimes if some of the same people had have worked on both games. Uh, I like Yakuza quite a bit better. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll do Yakuza another time. But, uh, but I wore myself out on those games, and, and I saw this arcade or Space Harrier again. I was like, oh no. Because so I tried to get a, a trophies for Space Harrier and crap like that in Yakuza. And for this game, I was like, I'm not doing Space Harrier or Outrun ever again. I did one round of Space Harrier.
0: this. I don't know if you played it. I did it just because yeah, there's an achievement. You have to talk to a girl. And you can immediately exit out. But I just like, I'll go ahead and play it you. I first. played one round.
1: And I did no better. It's exactly the same game. They didn't change it. Of course, why would they change it? It's, game? it's the game. It's
0: exactly the same as it was in Yakuza. And I just do not like it. I think one of the reasons that the fighting was so difficult is because they were, in fact, paying homage to Virtual Fighter because you actually had to input button combinations, forward, backward, double forward, A, a, kick. But on a a 3D plane instead of a 2D plane? Yeah, and they weren't used to that. I think that's one of the reasons that it kind of suffered a little bit. Not only that. that,
1: the combat was not terribly difficult, but the combat is what led to us not completing the game because you do occasionally fight kung fu gods. Yeah Every now and then They'll be just like Get to a fight with like five people And you'll kick Four of them one time And they'll drop And then the last guy Will completely ruin Your freaking day Like he's like, like He's, he's just, just smacking your fist And your feet Out of the way You're trying to punch He's just smacking them off Like you're freaking nothing And like Ryu Supposedly Ryo she's Rio Ryo is supposedly using Some family fighting Some unique the family The style Yes Family fighting style And these dudes Just don't care they just smack him around left or right, which more or less leads to that. We can go through. I'm not going to do the whole story of all the running around town and stuff like that,
0: but we. It is cool talking to people and putting together the pieces yeah. of about. Uh... Where you need to go, because you take, you know, so you take an item somewhere and you have to ask somebody. Like, I don't know, go ask the antique dealer. You go to the antique dealer and like, oh, I don't deal in that, but I do deal in this stuff. Could you help me out? And it's kind of like little interwoven series mm-hmm. of side quests. And they did do a good job of doing that and making all the characters characters, like people you actually had to interact with, not the most of the random folk that walk around town. Though we do have some cooler, not cooler, but we do have some additional people. There is a love interest that Ryo tends to be very, it's weird, he likes her, but is very dismissive.
1: Yeah, she's like, well, say some stuff. And may have just been the way, you know, you ever played a, a game that has dialogue choices? You ever play like Mass Effect and you're having a conversation with somebody and you've ran out of conversation things and they say something and you exit the conversation and your person's abruptly like, okay, bye. <laughs> stuff like that. You know, yeah. anything with the dialogue choices. It happens a lot in those kind of games. This game doesn't have that, but Ryu tends to do that a lot, but just to her. Or she'll say something like, please take care of yourself, Rio. I don't want you to be hurt. He's like, okay, see you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stuff like that. But you do do a whole thing where you... He does go fight a group, a whole gang of people just to rescue her later in the game. So I guess he somewhat cares about her. There's just not much built upon that, at least that I saw in the first game. I'll never play the second game, so... No, she did. Oh, you say, say her name?
0: Oh, her name was uh, Nozumi. Nozumi. And uh, she got kidnapped. And there was an obnoxious motorcycle chase scene. That was terrible. But it wasn't even a chase scene, really, because there's no other cars on the road and you weren't chasing oh, anybody. Oh, yeah, it wasn't a chase. You're just racing to get to her in time. That sucked. But you had to be perfect. You couldn't slide off the road and you had to make the drifts. I had to do it for Blake. Yes, unfortunately, I, I raged. <laughs> I'm not real good at being timed on anything
1: that well even before he even got to that part that was about one of the places one of the many maybe in a few other places a couple of fights and then this motorcycle thing where I, I was like I think I'm done with this game I got yeah cause this is a good game that I wanted to see the ending to yeah but uh, anyway he got I did that I got past that and eventually I ended up having to do that for him but that's even that. If you, want, I don't know if you want to go back to the forklifting thing. We got to talk about forklifting for a minute. But that's even after the forklifting. We'll do the forklifting, and then because we'll yeah, right.
0: the last night of your forklifting is when the cha- is like yeah. one a.m. the next day so, your chasing happens. Well, so this
1: does have the old famous uh, forklifting thing. I didn't know about forklift races actually, and those are. Did you get that achievement too? I did not. So I, I got, know. so I actually got, you get multiple chances and I got lucky because you got just an achievement for winning a forklift race. You've got multiple days where you have to work on a forklifting job and every morning they super unsafely have a uh, forklift race. You get a couple of chances to win. I actually eventually got a, you have to drive pretty perfect and kind of outmaneuver some,
0: some fools that you can win and get a an achievement for winning. And this forklifting job isn't like, oh, let's forklift safety in a warehouse building. No, 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 no. You're scattered warehouses on a harbor. Yeah, people walking everywhere. And some of the, like, as you're racing, it's only wide enough for one forklift. And these dudes are, like, wanting to trade paint and rub against me. I'm like, are you serious, guys? And it's so annoying because they're programmed, I feel like they're programmed to cheat, like any racing game. Because if you hit one of them, you come to a complete stop. If they hit you, they're fine. They're perfectly fine and somehow speed up and get in front of you, which caused you to hit them and hit on your brakes. Yeah. And it was... Yeah. But they only hit you. They ne- Never once did they bump into one another, of course, because why, why would a computer hurt itself? Yeah, wait. I know. Yeah, it's just one of the things. I got lucky and actually managed. It was like the third
1: day, I think, I got it and stuff like that. And I wasn't going to do it. I'd already decided because even in the TA guide, the guy had recommended like keeping a save on the first day in case you wanted to keep retrying. And I was I already knew a race in any kind of game. That's been, obviously not a racing game. Cause I don't play racing games. A race in any game is never going to be fun or easy. And there's an achievement tied to it. I'd already pre decided if I don't get it in the allotted number of days, I think it's three or four days.
0: I think it's four or five. Four
1: days that you have to do this every morning. If I don't get it in these four days, I'm just not going to get that achievement anyway. It's just not going to happen. So, but then I got, I think I, I, got, I got, I say luck. I, it was a mix of luck and actual learning how to drive and knowing that, because it's the same track every day. So I eventually I got it, but Blake just moved on and was like, uh, I'm not doing this. No, it was. So. But then you have the day to day forklifting job, which is you spend the, the clock, does an entire, you get a lunch break, and there's a couple of other events you have to trigger and stuff like
0: that. Strangely enough, they, they start their day, they, they work your standard. It was 8 to 5, is what your, your time was. But for whatever reason, they got a two hour lunch break in the middle. Yeah, that's probably to other countries maybe it was different back then. It was then. so st- I, I was not used to that. I was like, "Whoa, 2 hour lunch break." I'd be, "Jesus, crap." Well, they
1: always work harder than Americans do, to be honest. A little bit longer or more of a break they, you know, they deserve it, maybe. maybe. Who knows, different cultures and stuff. You really are just spending an entire work day just the guy your supervisor guy walks up to, could you get the job because you're there to find a find a warehouse you're, or something like that for the storyline and you want to have a job to
0: not spy might be the right word but to learn something that's happening in the warehouses you learn that the uh, the mad angels ha- haze new guys into joining the gang and you're trying to get information on the mad angels I getting hazed yeah yeah you do get jumped. hazed or initiated yeah
1: you get jumped a couple of times throughout your work day and kind of throws off your me I don't know about Blake but I was real focused on get because your guy what he does is he tells you is like can I move so many crates in, in this day we'll pay you per crate you move and if you if you get if you beat quota you get a raise next day, and I'm just. And at first you're like, "Man, this is stupid." And you start moving these crates, and you're like, "I don't get that quota. I'm gonna get that raise now." And these these biker dudes want to jump in. It's cutscenes and stuff like that. So I don't really, I don't think it affects your time. It affects your time with some of those. Oh, no. But these dudes, I jump in and throw off your flow. You had, you got a good flow going on moving these crates. They want to just mess your
0: day up. And those cutscenes are what move the story forward. I do want to warn people that you actually, like some games like this, you're like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to chill and let the time pass and play on my phone or whatever. Yeah, you got to do this. In order to trigger some of the uh, events, the fight scenes and the hazing, that you actually have to be working.
1: Yeah. The game's funny about that. It's pretty it's interesting that they would have made something like that. Yeah. Something-
0: and there's a part on, I think, the second or third day where there's uh, two ways to do a particular run for your crates and if you go the easy way mm. it, which is literally just like a straight v line then it's just super easy and nothing happens you ha- the game makes you take the this harder t-junction path and if you don't take the t-junction path you don't get the event and you can spend forever working at the at the place and get a bad ending and not know yeah. what you did wrong does
1: it just it'll loop a couple of days and then all of a sudden you get the bad ending no,
0: it, just, it it plays out as the batting because you wouldn't end up getting the money for your boat ticket. Oh, that's And right. you just, oh, I'm poor. I just got to stay at home and not avenge my father. Oh, poor me. No, that's crazy. But we both are able to, we have the guide, of course, both able to go the
1: correct way to trigger the proper events and stuff like that. It,
0: it'll get you in a loop that just uh, messes up your game.
1: As we get to the near end to wrap this up, ironically, I think I enjoyed the forklifting just about more than anything else. Working the forklifting, running around, running the crates, and learning that path, and doing those days, and getting paid, and hitting that quota was weirdly some of the most fun I may have had playing this game. I don't, know, I don't know about you, because I did, I didn't like the combat and stuff like that. I quite hate the combat anyway.
0: No, uh, the forklifting was fun because it's one of those things where yeah, it's not OCD, but just a flow, a flow state where he's like, "All right, I'm gonna get this," and you you get real good, at, like whipping around a corner and you know doing a
1: get the forks in, bam, hit that thing, lift up and go. It sounds dumb. You have to play it to see. I mean, you, if you've heard of Shimmy, you've heard of the forklifting. I was almost dreading it because I've heard about it on other podcasts and stuff like that where people talk poorly about it. But I don't know. I was sort of dreading it and got into it, and I was like, "Man, this is the." This is the best part of this. Yeah. And let's get to the part. We, we get so all the all the story events, cuz I I don't one, I remember the story that much into it. You kind of events lead to other events and then you uh the why like we get to the motorcycle thing and you go rescue her I, almost right after that it's going to lead to you got a little further than me cuz Blake told me beforehand the fight he gets to that he couldn't win. I didn't even try it. if if most well sometimes most likely if Blake can't do it or or something like that I'm just going to get mad and not be able to do it either so I just he just kind of gave me that. I think we talked about giving each other a heads up guinea pigging each other on certain games if it's Garbage or just seemingly nearly impossible. I'm just like, let's just or just drop this, drop this before we hate the game. I don't, I don't even hate. I didn't beat Shamu, and I have no intention of playing Shamu two or three. But I don't hate this game no. because I didn't run myself to the ground on this particular fight, which I'm going to let
0: Blake explain to you now, and we'll wrap up this game. It's literally the last fight of the game. You're literally. Yeah. It's literally. There's an achievement for it, and it's called the 70 man brawl. And it's exactly what you think. It's you and uh, an associate that you acquire throughout the game. He the, he jumps in and helps you. Yeah. And the annoying thing is, as you're progressing through, is literally it's literally 70 dudes. Like, you know, two or three at a time, but 70 dudes. And every 10... No, I think it's like every 15 or 20 dudes, there's a quote-unquote mini-boss. Yeah. One of those Kung Fu gods? Yeah. There's a dude with a stick who... Just because he has a stick, he has double the length of anyone else you've ever fought in the game because no one's used a weapon but this one dude. Yeah, and so you have to just get lucky and hope that he starts attacking your partner first and you can get in side shots and back shots. Mm-hmm. And then there's another just kung fu block master. He's like pop, 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 just blocking everything you do and flipping you and turning you backwards. And there's just a couple of these bosses, which, let me add, these bosses would make excellent checkpoints (laughs) but i made it three times i tried this three times you make it all the way to the end and your final guy is Mm kind of looks like not even the guy who killed your father no this is just literally some dude in in chaps (laughs) he's wearing a black tank top chaps he's got a bandana on he's like woo. he's got a camo jacket i'm like that is no thank you a lot going on there He's mean, he's about as tall as Colossus. He's a big dude. And he has a different fighting style you've ever seen before, where, like, if you're going to hit him, and he does this, like, shoulder charge move, he'll break through your attack, pin to the ground, and then do a little, like, two-hit combo on you on the ground. Or, if you try to punch him, he'll do a counter grab and bane backbreaker on you, and then throw you away, and you lose, like, 25% of your health right away. It was ridiculous. And, for some reason, he comes in with henchmen, because he, even though it's a 70-man battle, he's not the 70th. He's like the 65th, and three or four other dudes come in, and you have to fight them and him at the same time.
1: Oh, but hey, where's your partner at?
0: He decides to go, ninja, finish, and just... Whew, disappear when is. most important. Even, and for no reason, the story doesn't explain anything, he is just gone. Yeah. All, and I thought maybe it was a glitch... But three times in a row, I don't think it was a glitch. I think the game was like, yeah, you fight this guy by yourself. He's going to, to take a smoke break over there because in the 80s, smoking made you stronger. Yeah, but that guy just vanishes from what I hear. I didn't even try. But I tried it three times. And when you die, you have to restart the 70-man battle. Stupidest stuff. And it sucks. Checkpoints,
1: people checkpoints. Checkpoints are not hard to put in the video games. It's weird how, now granted this game's when not, not 1999, maybe they just weren't thinking about it, but even today people botch checkpoints like crazy. I know we're spoiled by checkpoints and saving and stuff like that, but there's sometimes, and even if you think about something something like that, when people are playtesting stuff, so many things in video games that are just not fun happen in video games. You know, like you tell me none of your playtesters of any parts of any, not even this game, but other games None of your playtesters said take this out. It's not fun.
0: Oh man, this is amazing
1: fun. Or take these checkpoints out because I want to do this multiple times when I fail. I just I I don't know. I'll never understand that with the industry. It's mind blowing. So that's where Blake kind of quit. When you when we had our guide, I kind of read ahead the guide. It was like talked about the seventy man battle, some cutscenes, one more QTE, and credits is what it seemed like in the in the game. That was it. Yeah. And like, and that fight, two more days. yeah, that fight just stopped him in his tracks. He told me about it, and I was just like, "I'm not even gonna try this." Chances are, sometimes when stuff like this happens, uh, it's I, it's a weird thing of balance in the universe. Me and Blake notice sometimes where one of us will struggle and struggle and struggle on something, and the other one will play the same part and coast right through it. But this like, may have been one of those cases. But I just, I, I already hated the combat. I already fought plenty of kung fu gods, and I was already sick of that. I wish the 70-man battle was one big crazy QTE. Yeah. You know, it would have been more, more fun that way. Or at least and, a mix. And they at least sometimes checkpointed the QTEs. Some of the bigger ones. There's some bigger QTEs throughout the game, some long ones. I don't know. But stuff that out there, you know, people might just say, oh, you suck. That fight wasn't hard. You should have just learned the combat. I don't know. I wasn't digging the combat. Wasn't going to learn it. Wasn't immensely invested in the story. I know just through... Reading on Reddit and stuff like that, that even now, like Shimu 3 ends on a, I don't know what it is, but Shimu 3 apparently ends on a gigantic cliffhanger. Mm. So there's no telling what's going on in the story. I don't know. I doubt he, who knows if he'll ever revenge his father? Because who knows what Shimu 2 is? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to play it. And Shimu 3 adds in a hunger meter, which I was like, I'm not, I'm hungry in real life. I don't want to be hungry in video games. I can't I, do it.
0: I, I don't play video games for realism. That's <laughs> why yeah. so. so it's a video game.
1: So that's for me. That's the end of my whole Shemu career. Like I'm, I'm. Uh, there's really nothing they can really do to get me get me back into it. I did do a, a little pre-podcast work for music and stuff like that. You'll hear the music throughout, of course. I picked like two or three songs that. Uh, I don't know what what was going on, but as I as I listen to the music, sometimes they, uh, the on the YouTube, I'll scroll through the comments, kind of see what's going on with people, and there is like a unconditional freaking love for the for Shemu which I don't understand. People like rave about every aspect of the game. Like they, nobody sees any flaws in any aspect. And this game wasn't terrible, but it was extremely far from perfect in my opinion. Like there was, I don't know. And I don't know if the HD version helped anything. Like the game doesn't look good. The animations are weird and stuff like that. And the weather effects were okay. But, uh, the voice acting like i said good voice actors but audio was all janky and people were like in the comments were raving about the love story and stuff like that between so maybe maybe they were talking about shimu 1 2 and 3 or 1 and 2 as a whole, I didn't gather much from any kind of real love story or anything like that. And there were, of course, uh, a lot of... This was the comment section of the music you know, on the YouTube, so that people were raving about the soundtrack and stuff like that. I could even find the one song that I wanted to play, the one song I told you about that plays at your house. Oh
0: yeah, that sounds like Ramal.
1: Yeah, it sounds like... It remind me of the uh, another game, which we'll do eventually, because I want to play it again. Another game called Legend of Gaia, a pretty sweet RPG, which was, was, uh, was talked about a while back, a long, long time ago now I guess on the the Scanline Vibes podcast where Garrett was on there and they talked about the yeah, Guy yeah. back then, so it was pretty cool. Could even find that song. It's the one song that I the one song that I wanted. I couldn't find it. It was so, like Doja. And everything or... no, and everything else, Everything else I played, I I, I maybe. Thirty something tracks or something like that. I mm-hmm. was like maybe two songs that I recognized in the whole thing, and I was like, "This is weird." Like I feel like I would recognize because you run around town and stuff like that. I feel like I would recognize. Like I recognized one from like one of the intros or something like that, and recognized. I, I'm going to play that bad boy. I recognized uh, the the forklift. Oh, the, the Forklift. Work, working, working <laughs> with the forklift. I got that one. So it's weird to kind of meta to talk about music that you probably heard a few minutes ago on the podcast that i got a few nights ago it's kind of weird to talk about it that way but i wasn't too terribly blown away by the soundtrack to be honest either it's good i guess it's okay music but it's just
0: chill music yeah a lot of
1: it's kind of relaxing and sad there's a lot of really melancholy tunes and stuff like that as i listen to it that's it for me blake you got anything you want to wrap up with
0: just a few small things the creator Mr. Yu Suzuki does say that Shinmu 1 contains 40% of Ryo's story. 40%? Is in Shinmu 1.
1: One personal
0: story. Sure it, is 40%? That's 40%? That's what, that's what it says on the Wikipedia page that he said in an interview that Shinmu 1 covers 40% of Ryo's story. Okay. One other thing, this the original Shinmue one at its time in 1999 was it's been beaten, but it, I didn't do enough research to figure out what beat it. But it was the at the point in time 1999, it was the most expensive game ever created at oh, yeah. 70 million dollars. To
1: make that game,
0: 70 it says 70 million dollars with roughly 40 million of it being in marketing, and then some of it was also. Because they apparently made a bunch more, but they chopped it off and then used that part to create the start of Shinmu 2. Yeah. So some of it made it into the beginning of Shinmu 2 because I think you know, you're supposed to play them back to back. Yes because they were, they were within like the same two year period so mm-hmm. but it's still 70 million dollars mm-hmm. for this game. That's a lot of money back. That's was 1999. Yeah. I, I don't think I didn't know what a million dollars was when I was nine years old. Uh, I think I'm done. Yeah. what you think would you think you should play it if they hadn't played it yet by now play it if you can beat that 70 man battle uh laugh at my face and come beat it for me <laughs> <laughs> or if you can do the forklift race come beat it for me too because I would really like to have those achievements and say that I did it <laughs> well, It wouldn't count if somebody else does it but no one else needs to know all right uh with that we'll wrap up Shimu
1: I don't know maybe play it maybe don't
0: it was definitely ambitious. For its yeah, time. that's why we talked about
1: the ambition. And then we'll talk about something far, far less known. Is another Gamefly game that we actually completed. Hooray! Got all the achievements in. A little point-and-click, not action-adventure, point-and-click point adventure game, The Raven Remastered, which I have... This is the remastered version, but I weirdly enough, way back on the 360 days, I had uh, downloaded the, uh, the demo for the original. You could download arcade demos for everything on the arcade back on the 360 days, yeah. and I had played the beginning part... On this train, which we'll go into a little bit, there's a, a lot of uh, this game is mostly talking a lot of dialogue and a lot of stuff about this game we can't possibly cover it all. But I had played that way back in the day with the intention of maybe buying the digital version of that. I always had demos and back then and waited for them to go on sale. Of course, forgetting about it over the years and eventually the somehow this game had they uh somehow warranted a remaster version and then it came out on disc and that bad boy went straight to GameFly so.
0: I, I enjoyed the game a lot. Yeah,
1: was, more, more than I thought you
0: would. More than I, definitely more. It was slow in the beginning, and I was just kind of like, oh, just kind of like not really digging it. But as you really get into it, it starts to flow real good. Yeah. Let's we'll start, uh, start with the developer. The developer is, oddly enough, a developer we've had before. Oh, really? King Art Games. In the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. King Art Games is responsible for Book of Unwritten Tales, which we've, eh, The Dwarves, but the one we actually talked about black mirror they were responsible for black mirror
1: black mirror was good enough i don't remember i don't want to reference too much of black mirror cuz i don't remember what i said about black mirror but i think it was okay
0: yeah i mean it, it wasn't a bad game it's definitely worth playing uh, but i we, think we will say i w-
1: with with memories on Black Mirror being faint, and this game being a little fresher, I would say the Raven's probably a better game. The Raven more, more interesting.
0: Well, it has all to do with uh, realism and mysticism. This was real, and uh, everything was for them, you know, planted. While well, that one had a little. Well, that one also had a ridiculous load times. This did not.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, that was why I remember, I forgot about that. Yeah. For where I, I didn't know that till just now. We're ironically doing a second game by a developer from this. Earlier in the podcast, Mm -hmm. Uh, is the Raven what's the so actually timeline wise? This the Raven, the original version, which you said was called the Legacy of a Master Thief, Mm -hmm. would have been on the 360, Mm -hmm. its original version, and then Black Mirror would have been possibly their newest game. And then is that did that come out? And then the Raven remastered came out afterwards,
0: yeah. Technically, uh, Black Mirror came out 2017, the original Raven came out 2013.
2: And then remaster. the remaster,
0: I think, was 2018. So they're, so they're about due for a new game. They have one. It's oh. called Iron Harvest, and it's uh, RTS. But oh. I don't have it. It just says 2020. Oh, yeah, well, RTS. We're not playing that. But it's made by Deep Silver. Well, published, published by Deep Silver. Yeah, I, that, that, I don't, mean, that, that yeah. don't mean nothing.
1: Anyway, so this is uh, point and click, pretty much. You do you walk. You do walk
0: around, but it's most. I don't even say so much point and click as it is walk around and talk to people a lot. See, we didn't play the original. We're playing the remaster. So it may have been a much smoother transition. Maybe. Because there's a lot of moving and interacting with objects and stuff. Yeah,
1: puzzle solving. We had a guy for the whole thing. So, you know,
0: we're lazy. We did 1K
1: it. Yeah, we definitely won I, uh, I had a dicey moment where something didn't trigger correctly and I had to replay a part. Yeah, It, it, it ran right for you. I had a, a glitchy section that I had to replay. So I worked that out. Mostly the game literally is just walking around and talking to people and you're like, how could that be fun? The walking around so much and the puzzle solving probably ain't that fun. But the characters, the, all the talking and the characters, even your main characters is actually fairly entertaining and funny right. a lot of the time and quirky. I like him. Name Anton Jakob Zellner. I said it right? Yeah. Constable. It Constable. Yeah, Constable Anton yeah, so Jakob
0: uh, Zellner. He plays a little cop dude. From the Swedish police. Yeah, he's pretty uh, happy about being a...
1: Or he's not happy. He's uh What's the word? Happy is the word, but... Uh, he's, he's proud. Very proud. proud. He's proud to be a uh, police officer. But uh, yeah, what's so enjoyable about this game is actually the... I keep keep saying keep say literally so much. Yeah, is actually the uh, the cast of characters is actually really good. You don't ever really meet anybody that's not interesting to actually sit and
0: have a conversation with. When you actually get to have a conversation with them, yeah, because some I'm not we're not going to spoil this game at all. Yeah, you know? we we, oh, we hope we hope not. No, I'm not going to. But at a uh, certain point, there is a uh, slight perspective change.
1: Yeah, well, that's not really a spoiler. There is a there is a small piece of the game where you don't. It's pretty neat. You get to witness uh, events through Anton's perspective, and then there's a whole section of the game where you don't play as Anton, but you're but you're seeing the same events from another perspective, and that's actually done really well for something that's not done well in a lot of games. Yeah. In this game, you get to see a lot of cool stuff if you play the game chapters back to back. If you remember what had happened at that point from Anton's perspective, and you see it from this other perspective you're like they did this really well and it it
0: all adds up and it's really fun because you're seeing this other perspective with new information because some of the people you talk to wouldn't tell a police officer certain information because it's personal but they're having a conversation with this other perspective yes And so it's a little more casual, and you learn a lot of new information about these people who you... Especially if it's a character, you're like, I don't like that dude. He's just a a douchebag alcoholic. And then you find out why that person's an alcoholic and what led them to... But but
1: he wouldn't talk to Anton about that kind of personal stuff. So you find through another character, to, to another perspective, you learn more layers upon these
0: characters. And, well, poor Anton is a bit of a goofball sometimes. He's a bit of a bumbling idiot. He's a little not, bit. He's, he's actually smart. I don't think he's an idiot. He's a he's <laughs> go, he's go, a, a little goofy. He is a uh, basically he's a Swedish beat cop. That's mm-hmm. what he is. Who has delusions of grandeur from reading so many a detective, detective novel. novels. Yes, and he he himself is smart, but he's also a uh, past. He's got to be. Oh, he's way past his fifty. Prom. Yeah, he's past If his not prom. older, a very plump individual, but he wants to be a great detective, and it's just not going to happen for him. He tries real hard, but on this on this train ride, the reason that we're yeah, here, the game starts on the train, and the game also takes place in the year nineteen sixty four. Yes. So just go ahead and set your timeline there. The main purpose of this are there are two very very famous rubies mm-hmm. called the Eyes of the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. One. It's weird, they call them rubies, but one's uh, emerald and one's a ruby, but they call them rubies. Maybe it's just like a different variant of ruby, a green ruby that I've never, I don't know anything about because uh, I don't I'm, know about
1: that. I don't remember them saying rubies, <laughs> I remember them saying eyes of the sphinx.
0: Yeah, and they're very important. There was a,
1: uh, the game starts in... With one getting stolen. Yes. Yeah. And that's what the raven is. The raven is a a uh, immensely infamous thief who's never been caught, ever. Well, until what's his name? Tell us his story that he had caught him and who, what's the guy? guy's name. His, his the name is uh,
0: Nicholas LeGrand. Yeah, LeGrand. Detective has, LeGrand,
1: who is famous for catching and shoot, supposed killing, catching and shooting the Raven. But now it's been was it was it years later? It's been like roughly I think fifteen or twenty years. Been that long. And, and so, and then now there is new, uh, this new, the scene opens up with a new robbery of one of the eyes getting stolen by what
0: appears to be the raven. With a single raven feather. Yeah, he leaves raven feathers wherever he goes. Left in the place. And that's all in like the opening cut scene. Yeah. And then and then
1: all that happens. That's just like the intro, the, the fun intro. And then you kind of fades over to the train and Le- LeGrand's you play as Zellner
0: or Anton Zellner. LeGrand's on this train. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is where, like I said, the delusions of grandeur come from. Because Anton's like, oh, this man captured and shot and killed the raven. Uh, if I'm impressive enough on this investigation and help, maybe he'll ask for my assistance. Mm-hmm. And so he's getting real, like, he, he bunkers mm-hmm. down and starts like, let me help. <laughs> yeah, he like, some initiative by interrogating everybody on the train. Not like viciously, but casually asking questions and, mm-hmm. you know, just being, you know, so every time that dude's there, he's like, oh, I, I know the answer to that question. And it's silly, but it does have really cool set pieces. The whole train is really, well, you do have the train first, so a
1: lot, so I'll say there's a lot going on in this game. so All the stuff happens on the train. The reason Legrand's there is he's actually setting a trap. He has the other eye on the train, but he's made it known and set a trap hoping the Raven will... Fall for it. Fall for it and come for the the second uh, eye. eye. So, man. There's a lot to unwrap
0: here that we're trying not to spoil. Yeah, there's anything. like it's an
1: cool. hour or two of walking back and forth on this train, meeting a whole cast of characters while you're on your train on your way to the place. You're going to get on a boat
0: mm-hmm. to go to London to Cairo. Cairo. Because that's where the museum is where you're going to hold the... Oh, that's right. So you're going to the train to the boat to get to Cairo. Because the Swiss were
1: holding on the boat. That's the three places you actually play is on the train. The whole train run stuff happens, which, God, if we had a much longer podcast, you can go into every little bit of all the characters. It's just too many characters and too much stuff that goes on on the train. You get to learn who Zellner is, and all the stuff happens on the train. And And you have the cruise ship. Yeah, so the train gets... Boy, all this train stuff happens, which is a lot of fun. Just save the train stuff. The train stuff. And then you get to where the train goes, and then you go on the cruise ship, which the cruise ship's going to take you across the sea or ocean to Cairo. And the boat cruise ship is a whole nother thing, which involves a uh, a whole nother plot line that's really fun involving a, a murder on the cruise ship, which is, that's not spoilers, it's going to happen. There's a whole nother murder thing, which is sort of related to the Raven. A whole thing happens on the ship, and that's where you get to later, because I don't, it does it on the train, so you, so you do get that all three, all three get that other perspective. So you get the whole train sequence, the entire, also fun murder mystery boat sequence. And then and then you go and then you do the entire thing at the museum in Cairo, and then the game throws a curveball at you, and you get to play. Sort sure, it sounds boring, but you get to replay through parts of all three pieces of this from another perspective, and then it all wraps up in a real tight bow in the end with a really awesome ending.
0: I loved it. I thought it was
1: let's work on the boat for a minute okay the boat how do we put this so you do have easily uh you do have some of the characters, if not all, from the train, are on the same trip. We're all on the same trip. We're all going to Cairo. So all of those characters shift over to the boat. And then you have new characters that actually show up and get on the boat as well. So you got a whole new cast of characters. And like the train, what you're doing is walking back and forth across this boat. Just having conversations. And this person leads you to this person. You talk to that person. You learn about them. And you move back and forth across the boat. And then there's a murder, a foul. A, f- a murder most foul. And a really sort of clever and layered murder. It's, like, it's
0: elaborate. Especially for 1964. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if, yeah. I don't
1: know if the creators of the game had taken this idea from a book or anything like that but it's a layered and complicated and a, not only is there a murder there's a whole nother there's a whole nother layer of other stuff happening like with the other other people you know there's the murder yeah. with that guy I'm being vague but what I'm going to say there's a murder with that guy and then there's the other two people doing this whole other thing yeah and not even mentioned so two, those two things are happening and then you're playing as uh, Zellner Anton Zellner the cop and he's doing a whole nother thing yeah. and he gets involved he gets super well I don't want to say excited but he gets super excited and involved in the murder but he's not there obviously for a murder he's there with LeGrand for the eye so then the murder happens and there's a murder and then there's this other stuff happening like it's like man. I mean I enjoyed it when I was playing it and thinking about it now, I'm like, man, this is like
0: That's some layers on top of layers on top of layers and some of them, they don't have two of the layers don't have anything to do with the overall game. They're yeah, just nothing fun.
1: Nothing to do with it. Yeah, like the
0: the whole the, the main the
1: main thing about the game is the Raven and the eyes. Mm-hmm. The boat has a whole other series of things that happen that have nothing, well, give or take, nothing to do with the raven. They Like they almost do it for fun, to have a more interesting boat trip, I guess.
0: So you want to add, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I feel like I'm getting excited.
2: Ooh, excited for yeah. such a good, fun I'm
0: also trying not to like
1: actually like... Say, say one thing too much. Yes, because it um, is good. Yeah, there's a lot of fun scenes on the boat. Like there is a, we know. Well, she's on the train too, but there is a famous, super famous mystery novel writer that uh
0: that LeGrand, not LeGrand, but, but has, Zoner, has read every single one of her
1: books. Yeah, he does. He's he's he does mega have fan. a fan. He is a mega fan. He does so much about trying not to disturb her, but what? wanting to talk to her so bad. And I think he does eventually get an autograph. He like does he get her to sign one of yeah. one if he has a copy of one of her
0: books on his uh, with him on his trip. He has it, I think, on his person, like, in his pocket. It's his favorite one. He's read it so many times. Yeah. And he, he's he's adorable. He's just a, an adorable older gentleman. meeting his, like, most favorite famous person. Probably it's, the
1: only famous person he's ever met. Yeah. So she's on the train, she's on the boat, and she's on the...
0: She's, she's in, in Cairo. Yeah, she's all there. She's just interested well, in... There's a whole subplot with her daughter-in-law. Yeah. That her daughter-in-law is friends with the curator... Of the Cairo Museum, That's the right. guy who actually discovered the eyes. Yeah, found them.
1: Mhm. So all the fun boat stuff happens, of course, and there's just like oh, except the one thing is playing skee ball. Is it ski ball?
0: Or is or skee ball ski- where, like- where you
1: slide the little stupid pucks across the ground? Yeah. There's an achievement tied to that and that was a nightmare. You're playing skee ball with a with a kid. There's a kid who was on the train, the kid I forget his name. Anyway, there's a kid and you want to play. Uh, he wants to like, oh, you know, Mr. Zellner, play some skee ball, whatever it's called, with whatever, whatever that thing is where you slide the pucks across the ground. You're supposed to like slide them as far as you can. I don't know. I don't know those freaking. I don't know the freaking rules. All I know is that mini game was hard and the kid cheated. And there's an achievement tied to winning, beating him. This and is I had to hold that save. I don't know,
0: fifteen times. This is one of those things we were just talking about where one of us struggles with something and the other one breezed by. I did it in one try. Yeah. And didn't even think anything. Like, don't get me wrong. I was worried, but like as I was doing bad, in my version, the computer kid hit my pucks to where I got more points. <laughs> he knocked me up further and I ended up, he ended up making me win. And I was like, "Oh, he was destroyed. You can't lose this." And George talking about something like, oh, des- talking he about. He destroyed me multiple times. I I didn't even stumble. I was like, "Okay, let's do this." It was gone. Yeah. Oh, I had to load more. I
1: don't I don't know how many times I was I was getting frustrated, to say the least. But I eventually got past that stupid kid. And I punched him in the throat and threw him off the boat. said, your uh, mom's next. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That didn't happen. No. But that, that part sucked. The only thing in the game was any any kind of skill-based related kind of stuff. So anyway, fun, fun boat. When the boat eventually, you get to Cairo. And then they'll, they'll last, the last, the whole end of the game... Except for the when it, ping, it pings back around for the, the whole, perspectives, uh, you spend all the rest of the time inside the museum at Cairo, which you guessed it is. You walking back and forth across this museum, just talking to people, but a mixture of the cast of characters that you've already known. Is there any new? There's the the guy who runs the museum, the curator, and there's a guard. So there's some new characters there yeah. you meet too, and there's the series of events of the. The then the one of the eyes being played because you've lost one of the eyes, of course. the what's it called? The raven got the one earlier from the beginning cutscene, and yeah. then so no. now there's the whole thing of the raven doing the taking, stealing the, the second eye. So, the, the rest of this is just the events that play out in the museum that lead to what happens with the eyes and what happens with the rest of the plot line for the raven, which all wraps up into the end of the game. This game actually doesn't leave. It a spoiler. The game doesn't actually leave. I don't think the game leaves any loose ends. Like this is a this is a tight beginning, middle, and end. And then there's no there's no more of this. It's Ooh. not like a series or anything.
0: For the characters that matter, yeah. Like, there, there's a few side characters you meet on the boat. They're interesting. They're just kind of added for flavor. Like by the end of the game, you're like, I don't care about that person. Like,
1: well, you don't. Know, you know, so, well, what? The way events escalate, is at, they're not at, involved at the museum, and they're not involved. So like, who is involved and who is important end up at the museum?
0: Yeah. Though everyone is there. Like the, uh, that dandy with the violin, he's on the boat. And, yeah. and he's on the train on the boat because he's oh, he's going to be Play. playing at the thing. But
1: yeah, I really like that guy.
0: He wasn't bad, but once...
1: <laughs> you remember earlier when he uh on the boat when he uh a cut one of the cut scenes at the beginning is this girl shows up to get on the boat and she's getting on the boat and he tries to hit on her and he uh it's all in the cut scene it's like it's in the background yeah where he like kind of does it tries to do a little thing to hit on her and she like blows him she off blows completely. Past like him. she shuts that down Immediately, and that's that funny. The rest <laughs> of that so it's like in the, it's like you're watching. You're having a conversation with people in the front. It's in the cutscene, and in the background, you see her get on. He does some things, and she blows him off, and he looks sad. And she just walks off. It was pretty funny to catch that in the background.
0: And he spends the rest of that boat ride drinking alone on the bow of the ship, just like you <laughs> know that part of the ship's go Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny having the background oh, yeah. there. <laughs> so hopefully, we haven't spoiled any of this. Yeah, because it's actually. It's iffy, but the ending makes the whole thing worth it, and makes it all the more enjoyable. Yeah,
1: you'll be having fun throughout if you like the if you like dialogue games. I think at some points this is more fun to to watch play out than any of the Telltale games. Yeah, because I mean even tell, all the Telltale games that people rave about it but
0: at the end of the day, a lot of Telltale stuff ended up being kind of boring. Because we talked about this, uh, I think in the last one when we talked about illusion of choice. Yeah, there's no choice in this. exactly. There was no choice. Someone wrote they, a story. wrote they wrote
1: a solid story. We talked about this. And yeah, were, why why write choices and stuff and make a story messy when you can't just pick your story and just stick with it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Like there is no there's no choice in the Raven. Like you just you go through your dialogue, you talk to people, you don't even make you don't make any kind of real it's a
0: story that's written and that's it, right? The only choices you actually have, like if you didn't have a guide would be not talking to a particular person. Yeah, but you're just missing out on dialogue at that point. Exactly. Like the, all you're doing is you're missing out on additional information. But the stuff that matters is given to you. But if yeah. you're following the guide, the guide is telling you who to talk to and in what order to get the proper items to solve the puzzles. All mm-hmm. the faster but you
1: still even when uh, even with a guide. Even with the guy and how the game plays out, they're, I mean, even on the train, you talk to everybody. And on the boat, you talk to everybody. Yeah. And the guy was like, you know, make sure you do all this. And he'll hit all the little dialogue choices and stuff like that. Well, the whole point of the game is the story and the talking and stuff like that. The guy was never like, just don't talk to that guy. It's not worth it. Yeah. Never. I don't think not even one time it was like, it never said, just like, skip that guy. Uh, not that I remember. So it was literally mm-hmm. about getting it all together and putting all the pieces together. Which you and I, saying? ooh, No spoilers. Uh, I didn't see the ending coming. I loved it.
0: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Everything was there's, Well,
1: there's a couple of uh, events, a couple of surprises right before the ending and stuff like that. And there's all the, the
0: replay through with uh,
1: the other perspective, which is fun. Some stuff that happens near the end, which was quite surprising. And then the actual ending. And then just the
0: tying of the knot, the bow, and like right the there, end. Like,
1: oh, it all wraps up. I was like, looking at it smiling, and I was like, this was really good. Mm-hmm. Not to say there weren't parts of this game. Now, like I said, parts of the times I was playing this game where I was walking back and forth across these places, kind of late at night, and I'd be dozing off because I'm walking back and forth with places. But when I was awake and paying attention, like I don't think I missed, I don't think I slipped through any conversation. But you just are. And Zoner doesn't walk fast.
0: No, I can see. <laughs> he
1: has a pace. So you was just walking back and forth. So that kind of stuff could have been. So I don't know if the walking is even that important in puzzle solving because, like, you do a little bit of walking in Telltale games and stuff like that, but you're kind of just walking to the next cutscene. Maybe this game would have been better with less walking around, but there's a lot of... We're not talking about... We skip talking about puzzles and stuff like that because I'm honestly not interested in puzzles. I know it seems like we, we play a lot of point-and-click things with puzzles and stuff like that, but that's just because uh, we're dum-dums that like achievements, and uh, there's a lot of puzzle games that have really easy achievements. So... Definitely not interested in puzzles.
0: No, no I, I don't normally play straight up puzzle games or yeah, these, physics games. I, they make my yeah, head hurt because I'm dumb.
1: Yeah. I don't know. This is one of the one of the most fun I've had with a story with a game, probably in the past. Now, this is uh, we, we played. We're twenty twenty now. I played, We played this twenty nine, like near the end of twenty nineteen. Yeah, so it doesn't December. matter. But in twenty nineteen, I would say this is probably one of the most fun I had with, with a, a story to play out. One of the most fun things I had, and everything we had so far on the podcast. I think I don't have a list with me. A lot of that stuff in the podcast. We we try to do the podcast with stuff we've played recently ish. Yeah, and I don't think anything else. Even their game Black Mirror, I, I wasn't enjoy. I wasn't happy and like watching the end of this play out, and it's not not often for me. I was just smiling like this is good. Yeah, like, I, I enjoyed most most if not all of this. I'm super happy with this game. I'm ecstatic, kind of ecstatic about the ending. There was I'm trying to think of the other thing that ended a sort of not, not it's kind of dumb, but the ending of uh, Maze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't spoil that ending either of that podcast, but that that wasn't so well as good writing. It was just a really funny last cutscene for Maze. But anyway, but this is all wraps up and just leaves you real happy in the end, I feel like.
0: Yeah, play it. Yeah. Definitely play it's Raven. On, it's
1: on sale all the time. I've thought about, when well, I talk about earlier with the Facebook stuff, doing posts. Whenever there's a sale. When I see, see sales. I see it all the time. I always think about if I see sales on games from the podcast, and then I'm like that's not my job you definitely could like if you I think if like like I think if people listen to the podcast and they see a game that they recognize from the podcast that's on sale that's up to them
0: right yeah well I think don't you don't have to put every game that's on the sale but if you purchase a game that's on sale you'd be like hey I just purchased this you know just as a joke like I just posted this get ready to see it on the here or hear it on the podcast before too long oh, we buy a lot of crap so that we I mean they it's always good to let people know there's a sale no but
1: I think you missed the point me, me, me mentioning Clearly stuff that's already Been on the podcast Like even this past
0: week There's stuff <laughs> Oh that makes sense Okay stuff, I'm sorry There's
1: stuff from Earlier podcast episodes That are on sale right now On Xbox and Playstation uh, I would do I it Just, just to be a friendly neighbor Friendly neighbor just, uh, Do I care about being A friendly neighbor
0: well, Just cause maybe people Like they forget Cause I forget stuff That I want to do all the time From stuff that I've heard
1: Yeah I'd to do Additional podcast work Yeah you know, make the make the make the posts more worth it and stuff like that. I guess we want home. people to enjoy. E- if shows. not even not even even uh, GameFly, but even some of these things or some of some of these other smaller games are digital only. We're getting way off topic. Raven remastered. Who knows? I don't even know. I didn't do enough work to figure out what was remastered. The game's not particularly graphically I think, impressive or anything I think like
0: that. Everything, because I'm looking at some of the um, the original. Mm-hmm. Stuff and people complained about the uh, the glitchy movements and the very boring gameplay.
1: Yeah, but that, they didn't save that any. I did notice we in the uh, in Cairo where where you walk around in Cairo because a lot of the boat and the trains walking kind of back and forth. Yeah. The museum is a little more where you can kind of walk around. But you Remember how kind of like Zellner's upper torso would be like facing the direction you're walking, but his legs are kind of walk. His legs are kind <laughs> of yeah. his legs are kind of cockeyed. And he's like it, it looks weird. He doesn't walk right. That's just the animation. But I don't think that's anything. Obviously, they didn't fix it in a remaster. He walks weird. It's it's, it's disorienting sometimes the way he walks in the in the museum. Especially like walking upstairs and stuff like that.
0: Yes. <laughs> he was it was awkward in some cases. Yeah.
1: But Oh, it's nice to not even that, a little beat cop and stuff like that, but Zelda like is the lead character people won't normally do this. Zelda is the lead character is uh he's bald like a bald little, ball, little fat guy.
0: Yeah, he's a balling definitely. Like
1: a like a ch- kind of a chubby guy. Like people don't don't make that as your lead characters in video games ever.
0: He's gotta have Here. six pack abs and crazy anime hair. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so that was interesting and not—I want to say brave, just maybe not really brave—but just interesting that like for a comedy just to not care. Like this is our main character, and yeah. then even even that, like you're gonna like him.
0: He's quirky and
1: funny, charming. Yeah, he's good. All the all the right stuff. That's what I got for the game. I I liked it a lot. I, mean, I know I said it a couple of times. I enjoyed the game quite a bit. And talking about it again, just kind of. In Me, real relights real uh, like uh, reminds me like how much uh, how much I enjoyed the the plot and the talking to the characters and just the main character himself. It was a lot of a lot of fun and said one of the better written and most interesting games I've played in the past little bit.
0: Definitely, do you got anything else you want to add? I don't want to accidentally uh, spoil anything because this game, this story doesn't need to be spoiled, it's that's the best yeah. part.
1: Okay, so with that, that was uh it's a raven remastered look it up play it and if we do this facebook stuff let us know what you thought of it let us know if you don't agree or if you do agree i mean yeah i don't know i enjoyed it, I enjoyed it quite a bit we I enjoyed hate. it more than i enjoyed Shimu.
0: <laughs> yeah it had a more cohesive story yeah
1: more straight line and stuff like that smarter so with that we're going to go into i think we did it last last time i say last week last month
0: last episode maybe last,
1: last episode uh, we did a TV show for the first time so I'm gonna get back into music but I'm gonna do it a little differently this time uh, I'm gonna see how it plays out and see if I like it when I when I do the editing and stuff like that I'm gonna do the one... there's a a, a song I want to play that's a, a duet it's the songs by one band but there's a guest singer but they actually do a, a duet uh, in rock you know in rock that's not very common you do get tons of guest singers but they more or less Make, uh, see the chorus like, or like uh, I do a part of the chorus or stuff like that but this is an actual song where they are singing to each other in the song and it's a really great duet. I don't know I p- possibly know if it's the only duet in rock the rock metal genre. I don't know if it's the only duet. But this song is the song I want to do on the end which is a song called The Promise from In This Moment featuring what's his name? Sorry. Adrian Patrick from Otherwise. And we actually discovered Otherwise as a band. We already knew in this moment. And we discovered otherwise his band because of this song. Now what I want to do this time is I want to I want to end the podcast with the promise where the Mm -hmm. promise will just play out the podcast like I normally do with music. But before that, I would like to intro a talk for like a minute or two about in this moment and give you a taste if not probably not the whole song a, a bit a taste majority of majority of it majority of one of their songs give you a taste of what that band does let that play out and then talk a minute or two about otherwise and give you a taste of what that band sounds like so you kind of have a taste of what both bands sound like separated and then I'll in the, I'll wrap up the podcast with the the promise though this way, it might not exactly pan out, because it's not really the merging of two bands, to be honest. It's really, it's, it's the song is, the band playing The Promises in this moment, they're the band, Adrian's just doing the duet with, uh, what's her name, Maria Boring yeah, from this Bering. moment. So it's more of a, it's not a merging of bands, but, you know, you, maybe you get where I'm going. So, that uh, The Promise is an incredible, is a incredible song that I've loved for a long, long time. And uh, weirdly enough, well, I don't think we've played any. I'm about to play maybe two or th- I'm gonna play three songs probably, give or take that are that are a little lovey dovey, which doesn't really fall in line with our are normal you? the normal metal crap play on the podcast. So
2: true. Um, I
1: mean, no, because yeah, flaws
0: stuff. Yeah, flaws are sad. Yeah, it's just so, it's sad.
1: Anyway, so let's get on with this because I uh, I'm gonna play a bit of the songs. I think the first song I'm gonna play is a little longer. So the first band, of course, is in this moment. We discovered them a long time ago, maybe through Pandora and something like I- that
0: think they opened for Disturbed somewhere. And we
1: saw them open before, and I brought, we used to make... You make, uh, made fun of her. I made fun of her a little bit, which sucks because now she's much worse. But we'll get to that in a second. We made fun of her before because of the way she tried to... Head, it do not make sense because she was doing her best, and we ended up loving the band. But
0: she would try to headbang with her band. She wore this strapless, like, goth Alice in Wonderland dress. Yeah. And she's... Well endowed lady. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, but she would try to headbang and then
1: she'd have to hold herself, hold her breasts, and try to headbang and keep everything from hmm. situated. Yeah. So we were doing that and then, um, We kind of, you know, we're in the crowd. Like, first time we ever seen them, kind of making, you know, in the crowd, making fun of her and listening to a couple of songs. And she does a couple of crazy vocal, some really fun stuff vocal wise, which you're going to hear in the song. And eventually, by the end of that, we're like, this band band rocks. We bought the album. And she's awesome. We probably bought the album, one of the albums that night earlier in their career, probably. Yeah. And it it wasn't at this showing, but at a later show, we saw her, maybe it was at Bridgestone or something like that. Yeah, it was
0: a big video.
1: Somebody, she was opening for somebody, they were, I keep saying she, but the whole band in this moment was opening for somebody else and adrian from otherwise this is when we heard it adrian was there and we we've seen some we've seen a live whole ordeal for the promise so we're maybe that makes us a little biased for the promise but like a whole live thing of that particular song with both of them on stage together it was it's, phenomenal it's one of the best things i've ever seen so it was really dope but we get back to her currently in this moment has six albums they, uh, looking, looking at the other day, they have a new album coming out March 27th called Mother. But before all that, the band takes the first three albums are really, really good. I'm playing one, one song I picked and then The Promise are from, from album two and album three. Album four is called Blood. From there, the album Blood is pretty good, but there's a weird tonal shift in the whole band. Starting with blood, we think without digging too deep, and it's. I mean, honestly, sometimes who really cares? There is some sort. thing. There's some sort of management shift in the band, and the band has turned really strange, and to be honest, not good no more. Where the band earlier didn't focus so much on Maria. Yeah. She was just the singer of the band, and they were a whole band. It was a whole thing. It was good. It was cool. The band has made this massive shift towards everything. The whole everything is about her now, and how like we went from like regular rock shows to seeing them just just kill it to the last time, the last two, the second time more more recently, we went to a show where they were at. They were happened to be at. We went for somebody else, and when they started, we just walked out. But before that, in this moment, had switched to their live shows where it's not even really about the music anymore at all, especially on maybe probably the from. Blood's iffy. Blood's where you see the tonal shift and then they've had two albums since Blood.
2: Yeah.
1: I guarantee Mother's gonna follow follow in line. I think so. Blake's heard one song from Mother. The, I it, in I
0: between it. it plays on Octane and I heard it on Spotify.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard it yet so we're, we're doubtful that we'll ever get them back but they're, the whole everything about them has come be about her and uh, seeing them live became her changing outfits between every single song and that's ex- I mean, probably exhausting for her, I imagine, but exhausting for us, who was expecting a normal metal show of what they used to do as a band. And she even takes that and puts that into old songs, and like ruins, like and she sings differently now, and she like ruins older songs with the way she sings now, and so we don't know what's going on with this band, but it's one of the more disappointing things to happen with us in a band more, I want to say more recently, because we're three or four, or five, six years into the, yeah what, what I call the downfall of this band, and we I think I've talked about other bands through, you know throughout the podcast, bands that just start to fail us after a while, that just aren't doing... Of course, it's not not that they care what the us two guys think. They just follow probably where the money is. I assume. I'm, I'm I assume in this moment, it's probably doing better than they've ever done. Now hitting bigger shows and stuff like that. They go from we love them. They were opening for people to now they're the headlining stuff, and it's all these garbage. Outfit changing shows. It's not about the music. The music's completely different. Her singing is different. It's a mess. But I guarantee, I almost can guarantee they're more popular, more popular than they they've been. ever been. And it's 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 annoying. I don't know. You want to say anything
0: about uh, in this moment anything that I haven't covered? You can think of before I switch into Just, the song. Uh, I mean. Cause you, especially because we went and saw them, the first time we saw them with the the scene changing, they were opening up for Seven Dust. Yeah. And they had probably, oh, was it Seven Dust? Was it Stone Sour? I think thing was Stone, stone, it stone, stone. With stone Sour because we really, we thought it was Stone Sour for sure. But anyway, they had they were on for like, what, 45 minutes? Maybe an hour? I think it was like 45 minutes. Opening? Because open, it was an opener, someone else, them, and then Stone Sour. So they had a longer set. They maybe have 30 minutes. Yeah, but in reality, it was probably more of like a... Tw- Twenty or fifteen-minute show because they would throw up this big white curtain and they would just like no 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 with the guitar and like just do some like riffs and drums while she adjusted her outfit and it was just like this is obnoxious. Yeah, I give like you if you're going to do this, be better at, at changing or don't ruin your music or, or just don't do it at all. Yeah, <laughs> because I we have several bands that uh have again have attractive female vocalist or female frontmen, and they don't do that. Like yeah. Lacuna Coil because she has Scabia gorgeous she wears one outfit the most she might change is she gets hot in her jacket and throw her jacket off yeah. that's it just, just, but, but she's the- not there about the music yeah and like just so many other ones and it's just uh
1: well, Christina—I don't know about I don't know if but Maria, but Christina has spoken about the, the hot the hot chicken metal stuff. Because way back in the earlier days of gonna Coil, she had been voted as hottest chicken metal and stuff like that. Even when she's not dressing up, even shooting for it, yeah. So that's a whole other band, a whole other thing. Yeah, that's where we are now with. I'm going to play a song that I, I ended up listening to a couple of the albums the other night, I'm going to play a song for in this moment to give you a taste of what the band in their early days is more capable of and what how Maria used to sing. That, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to do, let's see what I wrote down, I'm going to do her kiss from their second album called The Dream. And I will be starting that probably any second now and then we'll pick up right after that plays. you enjoyed that there's some good stuff in that song I've played it a couple of times the other night and then I played it again for Blake to hear if he thought that would be the the song to play and I I think that's a if you can remember it off the top of your head about <coughs> like that yeah. we didn't hear it just now obviously but that kind of covers the gist of how they were at least on the first three albums I feel like a bit I mean she does different things the band yeah. plays all the songs are different but that song had a little bit of everything of what that band does and it might have hit because she ha- she more or less has probably three different vocal styles she'll use throughout some songs. I think she did all three. She has
0: she has a, a good singing. She has a pretty epic like scream. Yeah. And then she does a good growl talk growl singing. Yeah. And there's a difference. And she gets up in that in that song.
1: So I feel like that is kind of what I wanted to show you for what that band does. What they do now is I don't want to call it poppy. Like sometimes in some songs she just talks. And there's barely any music. Like I feel bad for the band sometimes. Like I, I do. Like the other members. I like the white. They don't. They don't get to do nowhere near what they used to. like first three. Almost some parts. But through most of Blood too, they actually got to play their instruments and have it. Have it be a cool metal band. But now they just don't do that. No more. It's all about her just and they, having something to say.
0: They have. Uh, I think in the later one was that I think Black Widow. They actually started doing. It felt like electronic.
1: Oh God, yeah!
0: Like electronic drum beats or whatever in some of the songs. Yeah, it's just it's just such a waste of a talented band and a talented singer to th-
1: kind of I say I, we say throw it all away. But they're like I say they're probably making more money than ever. But who knows? Anyway, so that's what they can sound like. You can I like people to uh, maybe check them out and listen to both the good what we call the good stuff and what we call the total freaking garbage, and let us know what you think of the complete and crazy tonal shift of this band you will see that as i looked because i almost played the song blood i almost picked blood to play on here and what happened believe it or not is i I went, went youtube to get the music They had the music video for Blood. I think I told Blake this. The music video for Blood is like their stage performance. And the music video put me off so bad because it it kind of made me a little angry because the video is so reminiscent of their live show now. And I was like, I can't play anything for Blood. I got got to go further back and play a different song. Because you even talked about maybe I should have played Adrenalize.
0: Blood or Adrenalize. And
1: Adrenalize is from Blood. And Adrenalize has a video too. And it's the same thing. It's like every edit on that video was her in a different costume doing stuff. And it's just like... I don't know. This is not why I listen to music. I don't listen to music for costume changes. But anyway, that's enough rambling about uh, in this moment, which I'll probably get back to on the end here when we play the last song. The next band is Otherwise, and like I otherwise, and like I said before, never actually heard of these guys. Uh, but thanks to In This Moment and their and their song The Promise with Adrian, we actually got a whole other band to listen to over the years. Which me and Blake talked before. But he actually is not super into otherwise. So he actually don't know a lot about this band. I don't know a whole lot about them to be honest either, but even though I've, I've listened to a lot of their music and actually finally got to see them live not too long ago, uh, but just me and Jessica went. it uh, was I guess a thing. Like I said Blake didn't know enough, like didn't know a lot. He was kind of like kind of iffy about wanting to go and I was like dude, if you don't want to go. And don't go if you don't, and that even the, the song me and Jessica wanted to hear the most is the song I'm going to play, but it's also the song they did not play that night. So, eh, what are you going to do? They're a pretty uh, I don't have anything really bad to say about them. They don't, they haven't, as far as I could tell, had a any major tonal shift in what they do. I don't think they, uh, when looking at the other night, they do have five albums. Did I count the new one? I don't know. But they had a new album back in November called Defy. And I haven't heard that album. I feel bad because, you know, it's hard to keep track of every single band that you like in the world and how often they put out music. So I actually haven't heard their new album, but their album before Defy was really good. So I'm hoping that they don't do anything crazy and play with what they've been doing as a band. And I like them quite a bit. Good singer, a lot of good music. Oh, wait a minute. This ties back around everything. Otherwise, that night we saw Otherwise, uh-huh. who opened for Otherwise, you, you weren't there, Emerge opened for Otherwise, and that's how I found Emerge, so this, oh, that's man. ironic, it's funny, this all ties together, Emerge is a band we did earlier in the podcast, and stuff like that, uh, that's pretty cool, I, I didn't even think about that till just now, I'm thinking about that night and who played, uh, yeah, so we ended up having a, we promoted Emerge earlier and got a song and stuff like that, because uh, I talked to Jared, Jared. Quite, a, quite a bit that night, and I've seen him at a few other shows, he's a big, big, Big Seven Dust fan. And I like that. I like Emerge quite a bit too. So that was cool. We found Emerge that night and uh, saw Otherwise play for the only time. That's the only time I've ever seen Otherwise. The song I'm going to play with them is a song called Lighthouse. Lighthouse. From their se- Also from their second album This second album thing Is just a coincidence That's not I didn't, yes. I didn't plan that From their second album Called True Love Never Dies This is a song uh, Me and Jessica heard, Kind of heard And came to light like Quite a bit together And kind of was like A song kind of for us Parts of the song Seem really nice And then I was reading The lyrics the other night To the song To, and to her We were listening to the song And the lyrics And I was like Half of this If not all of this Is pretty sad So maybe we should Read lyrics more often To songs But that doesn't Take away from actually how good the song really is it's a very good song and it'll give you kind of a taste of adrian's vocal style and stuff like that because he his vocals have stayed the same throughout all of their albums so here we'll play lighthouse
2: and i hope you enjoy this
1: How about that? How good was that song? They don't have quite the metal ish, metal ish ish of in this moment. They're definitely more—I don't know—chill is the right word, but they're more just like a pretty solid rock band. There was some good stuff in them. I've always enjoyed that song quite a bit, so that gives you a pretty good taste of what of what he does. Like I said, otherwise the band is not—I don't think—they're too involved in the last song we're going to play here. But that's what Adrian sounds like. He's a pretty dang good singer. And I forget to mention, we have to mention before, that we've seen both, We well, you didn't see, see otherwise, but we, in this moment, and then obviously otherwise, both of the, both Maria and him, both sound just as good live, as they do on album. They're one of the, if you listen to a lot of bands live, you hear a lot of bands that sound, uh, the singers that can sound, really, really, really terrible live. Namely, one of our favorite bands, until recently he's been doing a little better, Ben from Breaking Benjamin. For me, well, four or five, six times, we've seen them five of those times, Ben has sounded horrendous live yeah until one of the more I think more than the more recent times we took I took Jessica to one of their shows and he actually finally sounded better more recent I think it's maybe he's doing better with his vocals or he's maybe he's doing something different live but like used to we had seen him we've seen Breaking Benjamin over the years and Ben would sound absolutely terrible live he would, he would sound different for yeah. sure yeah so he was he was definitely editing his vocals for his albums unfortunately but uh, Maria sounds great live
0: or at least she used to <laughs> me mm-hmm. Regardless, even with the the stuff that we're less comfortable with or less I don't say attracted to, but just with the word we don't like as much, she still sounds exactly like the album live, even yeah. from Blood, when she sang uh, Whore and blood and when she actually sang them, those live and yeah. Beast Within. Yeah, she sounds fine live. She's yeah. kind of, I mean, she's the same. She's just
1: doing crappier songs. Adrian sounded we saw him at a here in town and he sounded Good. Just like himself, so it's good to hear when singers aren't aren't fussing with their vocals too much, and you know, in the studio, they actually sound what they sound like. So anyway, all of this mess and all of this, everything we've talked about about all of this, this is the most we've ever spent on music. I feel like, and I might not do this again. I don't know of any other duets that are even worth talking about. There's a lot of guest singers in rock and metal and stuff like that, but nothing's ever as often never as interesting as this. Like there's a band Soulfly which every album they have at least one or two guest spots. We've we've enjoyed so fly over the years, but it's never just flat out as interesting, and as fun yeah. as what we're about to play here. After you hear the song here, The Promise, it worth it to go watch the video for this song which adds another I feel like the visual aspect of this song with them two together adds a whole other layer to this song which is really great speaking of I don't know like this song <laughs> I was watching the other night with Jessica I was like dang this song is this song is sexy this video is hot this song uh, I was like did they like did they date at some point like I have no idea and I don't know if there's anything anything on the internet about it do you know anything about it
0: no I do know that he wasn't the original choice.
1: It was. Don't tell me. I know Ivan Moody and Ivan Moody from Five Finger turned it down. Yeah. And I am sort of glad because I think he nailed, I think Adrian nails it. Like I, oh, yeah. I, I know Ivan's vocals and stuff like that. But I feel like for this kind of song. Yeah. Because this is a love song, like mm. sort of like a, a shaky love song. Like they're not like it's like they're not they shouldn't be together because that, that's know,
0: the promise is the promise is we're gonna hurt each other. We shouldn't be together. Yeah. So that's you know. Some love songs up on the podcast. I think on Black Widow, however, they did manage. I guess because they got more popular with Blood.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I do. I think it was on Black Widow where Ivor Moody did come guessing on a song. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Black Widows garbage. I couldn't get into it.
1: Uh, but anyway, songs. So I guess I never dated. But like you, you would think by well that way well, that song plays out and stuff like that and like ugh hot stuff guys watch the video if you like the song watch the video and maybe this song will turn you on to both bands and hooray great like so we'll lean back into the excuse me the facebook thing if y'all like it let us know if you hate it let us know that too You let me know and i'll just ignore you (laughs) (laughs)
2: uh
1: i don't know but anyway so we're gonna wrap this up right here this is the technically from uh, in this moment in this moment the song is The Promise from what I'm thinking is their third album uh, Star Crossed Wasteland I really hope you enjoy this anything you want to say to wrap it up
0: Mm, I just want to wish everyone a uh, good evening and good night